You're listening to the Brooks Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 72, Learn by Experience. Every one of us has something we could improve in our life. We may know that we need to change something, but change can often feel overwhelming, and we may not even know where to start. Sometimes we even hold out for the perfect master plan that we believe will dramatically fix everything once we find it. In today's episode, I give you my guiding mantra for knowing what to change and how to do it, no matter what part of your life you're hoping to improve. The reason this plan works so well is because it's God's plan. And even more powerfully, it's the entire purpose of why we're here on earth, to learn by experience, or as I like to modify, to learn by experiment. Let's learn how to make this happen. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available on Amazon and filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to all of you who have left a review for this podcast or you have shared it with a friend. I'm currently not active on social media, which is a choice that helps me to have the creativity and focus to make this podcast the best that it can be. So the only way this podcast grows is by word of mouth. It's by you. Thank you so much for taking the time to share this with your friends and support this effort. I love you for it. Today's review of the week comes from LDS. She says, I am a student quarantined like everyone else, and I discovered Brooke Snow during my spring break. I not only devoured and enjoyed listening and appreciated her insights, but because I had so much free time and energy, I applied what she said, which 10x'd the power of what I learned. I was reading my scriptures for two hours daily, meditating before sleep, going to bed at a decent time, eating healthily, practicing self-love, and had the most amazing spring break. Suddenly, back to online school, and every single positive habit I had learned had crashed and burned within days. My old self would have gotten angry at myself for returning to usual ways. But this time, I had a coach. I quickly forgave myself and realized that if I wanted different results, I needed to do something different. I scaled back my ceilings to be a bit closer to floors and visualized the thoughts I was creating about being back in school and the strain of these things and knew it was okay the items had temporarily fallen through because contrast helped me to see. The self-love allowed me not to give up and truly begin to make changes. Oh my goodness, LDS, you pretty much gave the most amazing summary of so many principles we have learned on this podcast. And your review is perfect for what we're talking about today in learning by experience. My favorite part of your story is that you had faith to try doing things differently. And even when your amazing ceilings (laughs) couldn't be sustained long term, you forgave yourself, you adapted your efforts to be closer to a floor version that you could uphold consistently. But perhaps best of all is that you are loving yourself through the whole process. When you are willing to quickly forgive yourself and lovingly try again, it's a fail-proof formula for moving forward consistently. You are amazing. Keep going, my friend. So grateful for your example. 
If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings and reviews and your shares, that is what makes this podcast possible. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Friend, I'm so excited for our topic today. In the last episode, we talked about the concept, if you want different results, you need to do something differently. We humans are creatures of habit, and we desire a sense of homeostasis in our lives. We do what we know, even if those patterns and habits are dysfunctional. We gravitate towards it because it's what is familiar. But if we want different results, we need to do something different. Consider today's episode a part two to this idea. We're going deeper into how you actually go about doing things differently with an approach I call learning by experiment. This week, I received an email from Cal Newport. He's one of my favorite authors, and his words perfectly describe the temptation that we usually have towards changing anything in our life. This is what he says. We find ourselves now in a moment when many people are beginning to question the suboptimal aspects of their life that they had previously been tolerating through some combination of momentum and convenience. You should resist the urge to try to build a master plan that once implemented will transform everything for the better in one dramatic moment. This optimism is quixotic. It's much more realistic to experiment with smaller shifts, one after another, to discover what sticks and what ends up superfluous. Close quote. Have you ever found yourself doing exactly what he says here? Thinking of some grand master plan that once implemented will transform everything for the better in one dramatic moment. (laughs) I tend to be a black and white thinker about a lot of things in my life. And I have a graveyard of resolutions that didn't work out because they were simply too big and too much all at one time. Along with this romanticized thinking, we can also falsely believe that there is one right way to do things. We can get caught up in seeing how other people approach a particular area of life and believe this represents the right way. There is rarely a right way and a wrong way about rituals and habits and practices, but there is always a good, better, and best way. And ultimately, there's your way, the way that works for you, your life, your circumstances, your reality, your personality and tendencies. This is what you want to discover. And from my experience, this journey is more like a scavenger hunt rather than a treasure hunt. On a treasure hunt, you have your X marks a spot on the map. Everything about the journey is focused on one final destination. You may be led through many different challenges to finally arrive where the treasure is. And just like in all the fairy tales, the treasure is typically a box filled with gold and jewels and rare exotic artifacts. Treasure-seeking stories are often filled with tales of people that spend an entire lifetime fixated on finally getting to the treasure. Many never make it and die or give up before they get there. 
A scavenger hunt, though, is different. You have a team and you gather many different objects on a list. Each time you find one small item on your list, it's considered a total win. The overall winning team of a scavenger hunt is typically the one who found the most items on the list in the allotted time. In life, we need small wins to keep us motivated and moving forward. We need something that is attainable sooner than later. The scavenger items are usually very commonplace. They're not shiny objects. They're typically items that most households already have on hand. We too already have exactly what we need in order to improve our own habits and relationships. The commonplace items could be as simple as things like forgiveness, humor, drinking more water, waking up earlier, going to bed earlier, taking a walk, moving your body, turning your phone off, opening your scriptures, five minutes of meditation, gratitude, an apology, a hug, a smile, speaking softly instead of yelling, breathing, putting things away after you use them, dance parties, a phone call or text to someone who needs it, remembering someone's birthday, being present, having boundaries, listening, and being willing to change in very small ways. None of these things cost any money, and most of them don't cost much time. But every one of them has the power to give you momentum, and when done consistently, can lead to dramatic changes that have far greater value than any treasure box of gold could ever bring. My hope is that this episode will help you see the value of making small changes that are sustainable long-term, that bring different results, without having to completely overhaul your life in one dramatic moment. I think intuitively we already know that this is the smarter and more sustainable approach, but we humans love the idea that there could be one magical answer that solves everything in our life. My coach, Brian Johnson, in almost every single session says, we will never be exonerated. We will never be exonerated. (laughs) In other words, we will never arrive. We will never be free from having something to improve or change in our life. We like to fool ourselves into thinking that it's possible, but that's not the purpose of life. We are a people that believe in eternal progression. By very definition, this means that there will always be something to work on. Knowing this can help us let go of the fantasy of figuring it all out one day, and instead, we can embrace the real purpose of life. So what is the real purpose of life? Why are we here on earth? In the book of Abraham chapter 3, the Lord reveals the purpose of life to Abraham, saying, and we will prove them herewith to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. This has become one of my favorite verses in all of scripture, but not until I clearly understood what God was actually saying. The word prove can be wildly misunderstood in our modern language. When we think of prove, we can easily think we're here to prove our worth, to prove how good we are, to prove we can keep the commandments. It was a really amazing day for me when I learned the archaic definition of the word prove. 
In the Merriam-Webster Online Dictionary, it gives you the archaic definition. In other words, the oldest definition that we have in our English language. The archaic definition defines the word prove to mean to learn by experience. To learn by experience. Let's read that scripture again with this definition for the word prove. And we will let them learn by experience to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. And thus we have the purpose of life. We're here to learn by experience. It appears to me then that God intends for us to learn from everything. Learn from the moments that we choose poorly. Learn from the moments that we choose good. Learn from our circumstances. Learn from our mistakes. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. He doesn't expect us to never have a mistake. He doesn't expect us to get it right the first time or the second or maybe even the hundredth. He only expects us to learn. Our worth has already been determined. It's infinite. All we need to do is learn by experience how to be better and do better at keeping his commandments. This is where the secrets to peace and happiness and growth are held. To bring it even closer to home, God's commandments, they're certainly found in the scriptures and the words of the prophets. Perhaps most importantly, they are found in the personal revelation you and I can receive every single day. These commands from God help us to refine the challenges that we face individually. How do I heal this relationship? How can I make progress on my goal? How can I help this person in my family? How can I better use my gifts to serve others? How can I have more energy and peace during the day? Here too, God expects us to learn by experience, to see if we will do all things whatsoever the Lord commands. Neil A. Maxwell promised that those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, it is clear that the Father and the Son are giving away the secrets of the universe. The secrets of the universe for me can be found in the questions of my own personal challenges. How do I homeschool my kids in a way that keeps us all happy? (laughs) How can I use my gifts to serve others? How can I improve my health? How can I improve my relationships? How can I control my temper? How can I come closer to God? How can I keep up on laundry and housework? (laughs) These are the secrets of the universe that I so deeply seek. And just like we learned in the last episode, if you want different results, you must do something different. So how do you go about this need for change? What if you don't know what needs to change? What if you find yourself holding to the idea that there's one magical answer that will change everything in a single dramatic moment? What if you try something and it doesn't work? What if the change required feels too big to uphold and sustain long-term? What if you mess up and you go back to your old ways? What do you do? Learn by experience. Or as I like to say to the amazing people in my mentoring program, learn by experiment. Experience, experiment. It's the same root word here. Learning by experiment is the practical approach to intentional change. 
One of the opening stories in the Book of Mormon illustrates this very dilemma head on. It's 600 BC, and Nephi and his family have been commanded by God to leave Jerusalem and go into the wilderness. Nephi's father, Lehi, is the prophet and is receiving guidance from God regarding every next step of their journey. When Lehi tells Nephi and his brothers that God wants them to go back to Jerusalem and get the brass plates from a man named Laban, they're not exactly thrilled about the mission. (laughs) These plates contain the scriptures and their family genealogy and are really important for preserving and teaching their posterity the ways of God. As such, they promise Lehi that they will try. And try they do three times. The very first time they visit Laban personally, they outright ask him to give them the brass plates. He calls upon his guards to kill them. (laughs) They escape the guards and they are naturally feeling totally defeated. Their plan didn't work. In a moment of inspiration, Nephi remembers that the home they left behind in Jerusalem is filled with many fine treasures. He suggests that they try again, and this time they gather their precious belongings in an attempt to buy the plates from Laban. Laban is certainly covetous of their treasures, but not to be taken so easily, he once again calls upon his guards to kill them and keeps the treasures in their frantic escape. This plan fails as well. After having their lives threatened twice now and losing all their fine and precious things, the brothers are understandably upset. They've given up with a vengeance. But our hero Nephi is not to be deterred. He is determined to fulfill his father's commands to get the plates. He's out of ideas at this point, but he trusts that God will help him. And he returns to Laban's house a third time by himself. And as the story famously goes, he discovers Laban drunk and lying on the ground and is commanded by the spirit in each next step to eventually get the plates. Now, Nephi and his brothers may have gone into this whole mission thinking that one grand attempt would be all it took. (laughs) Just like we too can fantasize into thinking that there's a perfect master plan that will make all our wildest dreams come true and it will bring the reward that we seek in one dramatic moment. Additionally, Nephi's brothers saw each of Laban's refusals as a failure. The experiment failed. But if we're going to learn by experience, or more specifically, learn by experiment, we must find something small to change and try again. Nephi was a great experimenter. He noticed that it didn't work to just ask Laban for the plates. He saw one small change they could make and they tried again. Let's buy the plates. When that didn't work, he still tried again, this time without a plan of his own. But now he had eyes to see and ears to hear. So the secrets of the universe would come to him. God delivered Laban and the plates into his hands. Learn by experiment. We change one small thing and we try it. We experiment. We gather data. We see what works and what doesn't and we do it again. You don't have to be married to the new way forever. It's just an experiment. Try it. Gather data. Try it again. Ask for God's help. 
try it again. Work on the change together with God. What are His commands that will help you improve things more? What does He see in the data that you don't? If you are following His commands, He will provide a way. But it doesn't mean that the first way will be the grand master plan. I don't think God purposefully withholds grand master plans from us to watch us suffer and fail. Rather, I think there's these little tiny treasures we're supposed to gain in the process of experimenting that we wouldn't notice in any other way. We're on a scavenger hunt. He doesn't want to just bless us with the big treasure of eternal life. He wants us to discover all the small, tiny treasures on the way. Can you develop Christ-like attributes and virtues that only come through incremental growth? Can you develop patience, love, trust, courage, forgiveness? Can you develop your ability to hear Him? From a strategic point of view, I'm sure that two previous visits to Laban gave Nephi and his brothers the opportunity to get more familiar with Laban's territory and his personality. It gave them the opportunity to exercise faith and learn how to be united in a cause. It gave them the opportunity to develop virtues of courage, bravery, faith, forgiveness, and trust. All virtues that would be needed many times later on in the other challenges they would face in the future. Learn by experiment. Don't wait for the grandmaster plan. Just change one small thing and see how it works. God promises that he will guide us line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. He does this specifically because it supports our purpose of learning by experience. But we must understand our purpose. It's to learn. It's not about doing everything right. It's about learning. And I can't tell you how many times some of my deepest lessons have come from doing it wrong. Learn by experience. Experience has taught me that yelling at my kids may appear to work in the moment, but it has terrible long-term consequences. Experience has taught me that not having boundaries around technology makes me distracted and reactive with my family. But how do you take these moments and actually learn from them instead of insanely repeating them over and over, expecting different results? For me, I have to have a ritual to help me learn by experience, a reflective ritual that will help me look at my experiences with a learning heart. That ritual could be journaling. It could be goal setting or goal reviews or my personal favorite, meditation. There must be some dedicated moment in which you can pause to review how things are going and what is working and what isn't. One of the meditations that I teach in my Christ-Centered Meditation 40-Day Challenge course, it's called the do-over meditation. And at the end of the day, as I review my day, I consider how things went. I look at what went well and what needs work. Then I imagine in my mind that I get a (laughs) do-over. I like to imagine that Jesus is with me and we redo that moment in a way that would bring better results. I get another try. 
If I don't know how to do it better, I ask him. He doesn't give me a grandmaster plan. He just suggests one small change of a way I could do it differently. The little changes that I have learned in these moments have been just like a scavenger hunt. Little answers like charge your phone in a different room than your bedroom so you can create a boundary with technology. Start your work an hour earlier so you can have a clear mind. Say you are sorry immediately after you react to your family. Hug your family more often and for longer moments. Ask for help on a project. It used to be that I would use my evening prayer to say sorry for all the ways I messed up and ask forgiveness and hop in bed and hope for a better experience tomorrow. It was life-changing for me when I realized these moments were opportunities to learn. Repentance isn't just about clearing my conscience. It's about learning by experience. It's about change. And how can I change unless I know what to change? Can I experiment by trying something in a new way? Learn by experience, by learning, by experiment. Change one small thing, gather data, and try again. What do you think could happen if you changed one small thing about how you do something? What would happen if you started listening for the small steps or changes to learning by experiment instead of holding out for a grandmaster plan before changing? Do you think that type of revelation would be easier to hear since it fits God's pattern of instructing us line upon line? What do you think could happen if you started to look at what isn't working as something you could experiment with? What do you think could happen if the areas you needed to improve were no longer things that kept you from God, but instead became the very challenges that you approached together with Him? What could happen if you actually had a chance to practice those moments in your imagination with Him by your side in meditation? What could you potentially learn in taking the time to reflect on these areas with an experimenting heart? And we will let them learn by experience herewith to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. Imagine your life learning by experiment and look forward with faith. Do you listen to these episodes and love what you hear and wonder where to start? I now have a free mini meditation course called The Miracle of Meditation, How to Transform Your Prayers for More Presence, Connection, and Revelation. Meditation is my most important practice of the day, and I use it for so many things, including learning by experience. Most of my listeners already have a practice of personal prayer, but the idea of meditation can seem a little foreign. What if I told you meditation is simply a higher form of prayer? and you could integrate it right now into your personal prayers. This course is free. It will teach you three things you can do right now to make your prayers more meditative. It is a perfect bridge between traditional prayer and meditation, and one of the most powerful tools I have found for increasing personal revelation in my life to really hear God's voice for me. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes, or you can find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. I am cheering you on.